Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today's guest is Amanda Robinson. Amanda is a dedicated fitness trainer, health coach, pro dancer, model, and media personality. She inspires her clients to find health and wellness through an active athletic lifestyle. A native Jersey gal, Amanda brings her fierce and inspirational energy to every endeavor. She's a versatile movement master, including a veteran NBA dancer and former captain of the Brooklyn Nets dance team, as well as a classically trained ballerina. Amanda is a NASA certified personal trainer, group fitness instructor, the Nutritious Life certified, and a holistic health coach. With years of experience in the entertainment and wellness industry, Amanda knows how to achieve success through hard work and dedication. She is currently a fitness trainer on Mirror, a global Lululemon ambassador, and lifestyle health and wellness coach at the A-List Flow. In this episode, Amanda shares her best tips for staying consistent with movement and making it fun, how to overcome being in a fitness rut, and particular exercises she recommends most people incorporate into their exercise routine. Amanda truly is a movement master, and if there's anyone you want to get advice from on how to enjoy your movement and stay consistent with it, it's her. So turn up the volume, and even better, take this episode on a walk to feel all the benefits Amanda will share. Amanda, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. I know it's been, we were just saying, it's been a long time coming of us trying to connect and get you on here. So I know it's going to be a real treat for our listeners just to get to know you, um, And that's kind of where I want to start is how did you get into the fitness industry and grow your career to where you are now? And if you can kind of share where you are now as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so excited. We're finally able to like get on connect and just have this FaceTime because it's been a crazy past year for everyone all around with the pandemic. So thank you so much for having me. Um, And it's interesting because the way that I kind of fell into fitness, I grew up as a ballerina. So I was always classically trained and movement was always a part of my life. Um, And then I went on as I got older and went on to perform at the collegiate level. And then eventually I auditioned to be an MP a dancer because the school I was at basically kind of was limiting the body image issue around um, my ability to become a professional ballerina at that point in time. So a little bit of a rocky road. um, But once I became an NBA dancer, it's like this whole new avenue of opportunities and things just kind of came my way. And at that time I was working, I had just graduated college. I was working full-time in human resources. So I would work my nine to five and then I would perform or go to rehearsal in the evenings or the weekends. And eventually like, I just got to the point where I was spread way too thin. And I was like, this is not sustainable. (laughs) You know, you, you, I feel bad. I like to give my hundred percent to whatever it is that I do. And I don't like feeling split. So once it got to the point where I had to like, kind of make that decision, we were like traveling so much with the nets. And I was like, I don't have this much vacation time, (laughs) you know, when it came to like my regular human resources job. So I eventually was just like, you know what, I'm going to cash out my 401k travel for the summer and then just kind of figure out things from there. So traveled for the summer, you know, loved my job that I was at, but kind of just was there for two years and then transitioned into New York city. Once the, I worked for the Brooklyn nets at the time and we transitioned from New Jersey to Brooklyn. And then from there, 
I realized I needed something else to make ends meet, you know, and that's where I started just Googling and on Craigslist found this small like boutique bar fitness studio. Um, and they were like, we're looking for, you know, um, educators with a background in ballet. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> and went and auditioned, started teaching like two, 6 a.m. Monday and Friday, like the worst time slot ever. Um, and from there, just realized how much I always have loved teaching. I always grew up teaching dance. Um, but once I kind of got into the fitness world, I really realized how important it was not only as an instructor, but also as a performer to make sure that I was taking care of myself um, physically, mentally, as well as recovery wise. Cause I think that's a big thing that we tend to forget about. So from there, I just started teaching. And then when I was with the Nets, we developed a partnership with crunch fitness at the time. And they started wanting me to do on camera classes, which was great. So we did what was called center court choreography, where we would take routines we performed at the NBA games and then teach them in a workout uh, cardio style setting, which was very, very different and unique at the time. Cause it's crazy now that everyone's doing everything on demand and fitness is so easily accessible. Uh, but yeah, so from there, I just dove into fitness. I got my group fitness certification next thing, you know, like I would teach at the studio and a lot of clients would pull me aside and be like, Hey, do you do privates? Do you do events? Do you do, you know, whatever it is that they needed. And that's when I was like, wow, I guess this is actually like something that I can turn into a bigger thing than just like a part-time expectation that I had at the time. So from there, I just started getting private clientele. I transitioned to start once I left the Nets. I was there for five years, which is a good amount of time. Most people do like two to three. Um, towards the end of that career, I became captain on the team. I kind of felt like, okay, Amanda came, saw, conquered. Like, what's next? Like, when I was a kid, I thought that that was going to be my number one like star moment. And like, once I was able to cross that off the list, I was like, wow, there's more to life that we have to experience. Yeah. And then from there I worked, I went and auditioned, auditioned for at the time the platform was called class pass live, where we were like one of the first platforms, even pre Peloton, like starting to do on demand classes. And I fell in love from there and just loved being on camera, loved helping people figure out their bodies and different levels and different styles and what works. Um, so fast forward from there, class pass had ended and I was just kind of teaching in person, pandemic hit. <laughs> I started my own platform. And then during that time, I got contacted by The Mirror, Get The Mirror, which is an awesome platform that kind of just affiliated with Lululemon. And I have been full-time with them officially since February. So I teach there about four days a week, four classes. Um, and you can always take them on demand through the app or whatever it is. But yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy journey. And I never thought that movement would be my life. I always thought I was going to be a lawyer or an attorney or something like that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And that's great too, that you're able to be like full time with that. You know what I mean? Cause then you can really focus just there too. And I'm so curious when you say that you thought maybe you'd be a lawyer or something else, right. And fitness may just be part-time. What do you think has kept you in the fitness industry and what do you love about it to be able and to want to do it full-time? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the thing that really drew me into fitness, well, I guess backtracking a little bit is when I was dancing, I had gotten my first like intense injury um, where I had fractured my tailbone. And then I also had fractured my tibia. We used to do trampoline dunking. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that, but we would run, hit the tramp and like dunk the basketball. So I was on, we were in Italy doing a trip like that, ran, hit the tramp. And I fell through the springs, fractured my tibia. And we were there for like a 10 day tour. And this was day one. And I was just like, adrenaline was pumping and I'm just like, okay, 
get back up. Let's run the pass again. And like, you know, you just in that moment as athletes or, you know, just as a physical fitness person, you're just so wired to just keep going and keep pushing. And then I went, we did the pass again and we missed. And I was just like, guys, like, I'm not okay. (laughs) I had to take a second to just say, I'm injured. I need to take a step back. I need to really reassess because my body at this point in time is my livelihood. You know, this is my bread and butter and I can't push it where I'm running on empty or, you know, not taking the proper time to recover and heal because that's not going to help me in the long run. And not only that, I think like after you hit 25, everything starts to dip as far as just your ability to bounce back and recover and things like that. So that for me was like a big aha moment where I was like, okay, I need to really reevaluate where I'm kind of putting my time and allocating my healing along with my training, as well as my, my restoration recovery. Um, so that was like where I really realized how important it was to not only train, but also to have those other self-care facets, um, as far as just healing, you know, stretching, meditation, mindful breathing, posture checks, like all these little things. And, it was funny because during the pandemic, I was like, okay, well, I've got my group fitness certification I got my, um, CPT. So certified personal trainer, certification. I was like, what else is there to do? You know, like, let's see what else. Cause at that point in time, I had been very self-taught, especially as a ballerina, like teaching different styles of fitness and adapting to that. Cause I just feel like as a performer, we naturally kind of just adapt to things. And I was like, let me pursue something that I can start to think about Amanda beyond the fitness trainer, you know, Amanda just beyond the instructor, because this body isn't going to be able to do this forever. (laughs) Like, let's be real. So that's when I came across the Nutritious Life Studio. I had seen so many of my friends do it before. And I was like, I love this. Like this community seems so electric. I started following Carrie and just the community and seeing the things that they were doing. So I signed up right away. The pandemic had hit. I think I was laid off on all my jobs and I was just like, okay, we'll have some savings. I'm just going to do this course. Let's get through the next month and see what happens. Um, did the level one course where I got the holistic health coach practitioner certification. And since then I've just been so gravitated towards seeing how you feel your body and just like the different facets versus just movement because movement is one thing, but movement can get really stale. And sometimes you kind of have to reinvent like what sparks, you know, your interest to be inclined to want to go out and move. And if you're not feeling your body, you're not going to feel up to that. So there's just like, everything's so interconnected. I don't know if it's a part of adulting or whatever it is, but you start really realizing I need those six to eight hours of sleep. I need all of this water to stay hydrated. I need to like take 20 seconds to go for a walk in the morning. So all those like little things connected with me so deeply. And I think kind of changed my perspective as far as like also to the pandemic forced everyone to slow down. So it kind of gave me a moment to like step back and refocus and really like harbor what I want on the horizon of things and the future of things. Yeah. And to think just more long-term, right? Mm -hmm. Like just those, like that lifestyle change and making sure, like you said, like, your body. I mean, hopefully it doesn't mean I can do it for like a long time, but there comes a point too, if you're not supporting it, it's just not going to work well for you. And that's for anyone. Um, I'm so curious to your take on, you know, obviously just the benefits of movement, but how you've really seen movement bring positivity and change to people's lives. Cause you're helping so many people, especially being on these online platforms too. Yeah. I think just seeing the impact, I think it's something so small, but I guess it, I, I'm finally leaning into that. It is my gift. This is something that not everyone 
it like to me it's second nature but then i realized when i work one on one with some of my clients or at least just like the online presence in the community there i really realized that something small goes a long way for some people i've had some uh clients kind of reach out and let me know like i have a mom who's going through dementia and they would let me know like her doing your dance cardio class her your your 15 minute class she does it every day and she could probably teach for you and it brings her so much joy and also kind of helps keep that mind body connection that is starting to diminish for her so just seeing like those small little impacts making such a shining light in someone's life, that is what really like pushed me to be like, you know, it is important that I keep doing this. And also just making sure that I think about ways to continue the conversation outside of that workout experience or that class experience or whatever it is. So I think that that's where I started trying to do more, whether it's just connecting with people and having like Q and A's or forums or connecting for podcast interviews and things like that. And then I also, as a dance teacher, see the impact that it has on kids, like through the pandemic, I work for a dance studio still, and the kids went completely virtual last year. And one of my best students stopped showing up once we got on zoom and it's just because her mom was like, she's just such an in real life type of person. She wants to be next to you. She wants to see you. She learns that way. And I realized that a lot of people have different learning styles. So seeing like one of my star students completely drop off, I realized like how important movement was for her life. And then when we finally got back in person into the studio this past school year, and just seeing like the smile that it brought on her face and just the excitement and the encouragement that she maintained throughout this tough year, it was just like, you know, again, it's something that's so small, but goes such a long way when it comes to people's mental health and just like their ability to feel motivated, to feel encouraged, to feel support supported, and even just connected to a community. Yeah. And I think there's, there's something to be said too about, you know, we were talking about in the beginning, right? Like getting yourself into overdrive and that can happen in the fitness industry too, right? Or just, you know, I, I've had clients where they're taking four to five hit classes a week because that's what they think they should be doing. And that's the most hardcore way. And they, they want to go a hundred percent, like you were saying, Amanda, but full throttle. (laughs) Yeah. And we forget that like, where's the joy in it, right? Like we Mm -hmm. should be also moving our body for the joy. Like, you know, like your dancers are getting right. Like those kids that are coming in and they're just coming with a smile on their faces you know, they're probably not even thinking of it as exercise. They're just thinking of it as something they love to do. And that brings them joy. And that's something I really wish people would make sure is incorporated into their fitness routine or their exercise routine. Um, and I'm curious with, when you are working with clients or just with people in general, what's your best advice for staying consistent with your workouts? Yeah. My best advice when it comes to that is finding something that works for you and realizing like what works for someone else might not work for you. And that's okay. And like you were just kind of hitting on, not every single workout has to slay you where you're like depleted. You know, not every workout is going to feel amazing. Not every workout is going to feel like you did your best, but sometimes it's just kind of pushing through and keeping that consistency factor. So that's where I say like, set yourself up for success. You know, lay, I try to at least like encourage community or clients to sit down, look at your schedule. And just like you would schedule your doctor's appointments, just like you would, you know, pencil in any other very important life appointment, do that with your movement. And it doesn't have to be like, this is going to be a 60 minute hit 
every single day. You know, you, you, I think variety is also the best way to keep our minds and our bodies fresh and excited about approaching that movement. So finding ways to switch it up, you know, maybe one day it's a dance class, maybe one day it's going for a bike ride, maybe another day it's going for uh, just a, a morning walk just to get outdoors. Because I know a lot of people have been staying at home and not even just switching up that routine, just considering through the pandemic, how many less steps a day so many people are taking. That was like one of the big eye-opening moments for me where I was like, wow, I just need to go for a walk in the morning or, you know, break it up and go for a walk during lunchtime just for my sanity. Um, But, you know, just remembering to keep variety with how you're going to set up yourself for success when it comes to that movement or whatever it is that works for you. And I think keeping that variety and that consistency and scheduling things and also remembering to be fluid. Like if there's a day where you're like, it's just not happening today, (laughs) that it's okay, but don't let that weigh you down and make you feel like you're totally derailed from there. You know, you have your moment. Maybe it's a conscious indulgence. Guess what? I'm going to go to dinner tonight instead of go to my workout class. And that's cool. Like we're human. We deserve that. We also need those rewards in between all of the work that we're doing. So I think if you have like that conscious indulgence, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, you just kind of getting off your game for a moment, tomorrow's a new day. You wake up with that fresh slate and you just approach it and continue to pick yourself up and proceed forward as you should. You know, I don't think it helps to dwell um, when you have moments and we're all human. We all have moments and that's okay to acknowledge that. I think it's important to have that mental connection around it and know that you're going to consciously partake in this indulgence and then we're going to consciously move forward from there. A hundred percent. And I love the scheduling piece of it. I mean, honestly, Amanda, if I could show you my schedule, that's exactly what I have. It's like, just planning in what workout I will do, which really helps me because if I just say exercise or workout, then it's another step. I have to think about what I'm going to do, which sometimes that deters me from wanting to do it all together because it just makes it harder. But putting in also what type helps with that variety piece, like you were saying. And then with the fluidity, I love that, you know, cause I'll always build in two to three rest days a week. And let's say if I have right one of those nights where it's like, mm, instead of my workout, I'm going to go out to breakfast, right. Or go out to dinner, <laughs> or I just have too much work today. And unfortunately it's not going to fit in or something came up then it's like, okay, just take that scheduling piece and move it to maybe a day, you know, that I have free or don't move it at all, but just make sure like you get in some type of walk or something. If you feel like you need it just for the mental health piece of it, which is often, I feel like when I'm itching to just get outside, but I love the scheduling piece. I think that helps so many people stay consistent. And like you said, sometimes I'm just planning in like 15, 20 minutes. Um, I've mm-hmm. had so many clients when they're just starting out with fitness or they're just getting back into it they're taking 15 minute classes and it's so doable for them. And then they're slowly working their way up to a 30 minute class here and there. And then sometimes beyond that, but we do, we just have like this, you know, this notion that you have to be going hardcore, doing an hour workout. You need to be drenched in sweat. I mean, honestly, I hate being drenched in sweat. So I usually (laughs) will avoid those classes. Um, but I just want to change people's mindset around that and kind of going from there. If you had someone who's in a fitness rut, what would be your best advice to help them get out of that and just start getting going again? I think if someone is feeling like they're in a rut, 
I think the biggest thing is kind of just taking a step back and what we were kind of just talking about, like reassessing what drives you, you know, what is your motivation? Yeah. Cause it's different for everyone. Like, you know, you're, you, you know, with life things going on, maybe it's, it's your way to get away from your family for a second and have just a moment to yourself. Maybe it is your, your, your meditation for some people. Maybe it is just the break that you have in your day to get away from your desk. Cause a lot of people that work from home now are sitting at home. So I think it's like really, really honing in on what that motivation is. And then taking that assessment of your regimen and your routine. Are you doing the same thing every day? If so, maybe it's time to switch things up. You know, maybe it's time to take a moment to find maybe a workout buddy one day a week and do like, you know, a a little duo workout where you're getting outdoors with a friend or, you know, a trainer or whatever it is. Maybe it's finding a YouTube video that you gravitate to. But I think another big thing is finding when it comes to working out, what is joyful for you? Like what motivates yeah. you that you feel good doing it versus feeling like it's a chore? Cause it shouldn't be a chore. Like the biggest thing that I always think about too, is like, we're human and we're animals and we're meant to move. Like we're not meant to be sedentary. And if that means if it's just going for a walk or going for a swim or going for a bike ride, um, all those little things are impactful and they get you out and they get you moving. So it doesn't have to be, like we said, like this intense workout where you're completely depleted. It should be something that you look forward to. And it's kind of like you carve out whatever it is, that 15 minutes, like you said, if it's someone that's coming back from not working out at all, start with those small increments and then see how you do. And then if you're like, wow, I can do more, you can always add more, but I don't think setting up that hour and a half or 90 minutes or 60 minutes, if you're just starting out, is going to be approachable, you know, find a way to make it something where you can say, I'm going to set myself up for success. And through this, I'm going to start to count those small wins because those small wins are what is going to drive you to still have that spark to keep pushing. And really, once you start seeing those results from pushing through those short bursts, then you're like, you know what, now I can level up and take that half hour or 20 minutes or bump it up to 60 minutes. And then that's how you're progressively going to keep up that consistency and still feel challenged and engaged engaged, but also connected to what you're doing. Cause I think once that disconnect starts to happen, it's time to take a step back, reassess and figure out a new plan of action for sure. And also help not injure yourself too. Yes, you know, if yes, you haven't yes. been exercising for a while and then you're trying to do a 45 minute hit class, there's a good chance that you may not be feeling too hot afterwards. But I'm curious, Amanda, if you have, and I'd love to ask this to really any trainer with your experience, are there certain exercises or types of exercises that you think majority of people should focus on throughout the week? Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I'm getting married in September. So whenever I think of like coaching or working with clients, my mom (laughs) is the most difficult. (laughs) So whenever like she's that kind of person that I'm trying to speak to right now to push, to get her outside of her comfort zone. She's a nurse practitioner. She sits all day. She works from home and she had five of us. So she's been raising children since she was like 18 years old. You know, the youngest one finally went off to college and like, she's empty nesting. I'm like, great. Now you have more time for you. Like really, really, you have time for you. And, um, I got her just doing like those small 15 minute classes. And I said, the big things you want to focus on are body weight. You don't need to push yourself right now 
with intense heavy lifting or anything like that. I definitely encourage starting off with at least 20 to a half hour of cardio, whatever that means for you, whether it's getting out for a walk, whether it's getting on the treadmill, whether it's, um, you know, program class that has cardio intervals or hit or whatever it is, definitely encourage that. And then basic body weight exercises, push-ups and planks. I tell everyone, it's so funny because my fiance is a former pro baseball player. And once we started like working out together, he would be holding a plank and he's like, you're much lighter than I am. That's why it's easy for you. And I'm like, no, you just never did any of this stuff. And he told me, he was like, I got him to go and take a bar class. And like the style of bar that I teach is a fusion of like yoga, Pilates and ballet. So it's very, you know, encompassing um, and athletic, I would say, because I think he was just thought we were going to be pulsing and not sweating the whole time. (laughs) And I'm in the class. And every time I look over, he's like drenched in sweat and he's like in child's pose. And he's like, how much longer is this? And I'm like, hun, this is what I'm telling you you need to do because where he came from in that pro baseball world, they were constantly, it's like the way he was conditioned, he felt like working out and lifting was such a chore. And then when I got him to take the bar class and he realized like, wow, like I'm getting a stretching component. I'm working with light weights. I'm getting just as good of a workout, if not better, because I have more of a connection with my form and paying attention to progress and finding what, how it feels, right? Like when, it, when you're yeah. holding that plank, it's a total body move and just holding it. I think the hardest thing for people is finding that moment of stillness because we just want to move and get it over with. Like, that's just, I feel like how society has kind of ingrained it into our brains that we're movers, we're shakers, go, 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 go. But when you take that moment to have someone hold a plank and like take a moment to say, okay, how's my posture? Let me roll my shoulders down. Let me open up my heart towards the floor. Let me press out of the ground so that I'm not sinking down into my shoulder joints. Let me lengthen from the crown of my head, down my spine, down the back of my legs, out of my heels so that the crown of my head's pulling forward and my heels are pulling to the wall behind you. And just having that moment to really, really tap into that mental aspect of it, I think is going to really, really enhance the workout where you're actually not just going through the movements. You're like, wow, this is hard, but this feels great. You know what I mean? That's where you're going to find those little nuances to enhance or improve form. So I definitely encourage push-ups, planks. Everyone is like, go to squats. I love squats, but I think finding ways to have variation with squats is a big thing you know, not just doing thrusters, but finding a way, maybe it's adding like a step out side to side. Maybe it's like just walking through a squat. Maybe it's doing a duck walk in a squat, but just finding ways to switch up those basic movements. Like for me, push-ups. like when I go out and go for a walk, I'll just find a bar and try to do at least 20 sets of push-ups. Then when I get back to my starting point, 20 sets of push-ups, you know, just trying to trickle in these very accessible exercises throughout your day because you can. And instead of like looking at it as a moment where it's like a roadblock in your day, you look at it as a moment where you're like, you know what, I can squeeze this in, get a good sweat in, get out for a little fresh air and like come back feeling refreshed, ready to approach your work or your life or your family, whatever it is, and just kind of push forward from there. So I think it's like really making it doable for your lifestyle. Totally. And then you get your strength and your cardio in. And that's the thing is like, I feel like people forget that like doing a push up or holding a plank, like that's still strength training. Like you are holding your body weight up. And I love, I don't know, Amanda, if you know, Sal Stefano, he runs, um, yes. the mind pump podcast. So we had him on the other week and something, you know, we actually didn't talk about it in our podcast, but that he promotes is if you're really busy. Right. Or, you know, he used the example of when he had his third child and he just didn't have that much time to work out. He's like, I would do 10 push-ups on the hour, every hour, like that's it. Right. You know, or hold a plank for 
20 seconds, um, you know, at 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m., right? Just fitting it in where you can. And he's like, it really will add up. So for anyone who's Mm -hmm. feeling too like you have no time, even just doing like, you know, or 10 squats, like, here and there, it does add up, but also just getting like that blood flowing and Mm -hmm. right. Just getting up, even just out of your chair for that period of time does more for your body than you realize, you know, and I'm, I'm curious too, in terms of, cause we were talking about, and you brought it up in the beginning, which I love recovery. What, what's your best advice for recovery in general? And what are the best tools that you use for recovery? I think for recovery, definitely allocating at least two days is so important. I know it depends on like what level of exerciser you are, but I always think two days is really, really good because it helps kind of break up your week. And I think that it's important that you are slowing down for those two days because when we're working out or we're just working in general, we're constantly going. Um, and our body needs that moment to kind of re like decompress, de-stress and just kind of download like what's been going on. You know, maybe you had that intense workout the day prior and it's your recovery day and you can kind of reflect on how did that workout go? How did it feel? How's my body feeling? You know, like taking just a moment, placing your hands on your heart and just feeling your heartbeat. I always try to encourage that either at the end of a workout or if it's that recovery day and just know like your heart's a muscle too. Like these are the things that we need to connect with just so we know that we're still finding that fluidity with the journey of what, what's our purpose? What's our why? What's our motivation? Um, because that changes constantly. Uh, and I think with recovery, I've found personally, it really helps like stretching. When I started teaching bar, I loved the boutique fitness studio that I was at because we would immediately do like the strength training or the cardio portion of the class and then follow it with a stretch. You know, if we did arms, we did the arm stretch right after. Then we would take it to the bar. If we did thighs, we would do a nice quad and calf stretch after. Then we would transition to glutes and we would do a nice glute stretch after and then kind of bring it back down onto the ground for core work where you're ending with like a nice deep cool down. So I think that like knowing to do the stretching when your muscles are warm and activated and ready to like get that elasticity to decompress the joints, shake out any knots that you have. Um, I think that that's great too. And I've fallen in love. I, oh, I actually, <laughs> but I'm falling in love. Oh, is that the, is that the hypervice or yeah? Yes. Yes. So I mean, this is one one listening, what, what you're holding in your hand. Yeah. So this is the hyper vault. I think it's by hypervice. Um, they have a few different options too. Like I've gotten one when I did a partnership with Amazon and they sent me just like, you know, a generic version of this this thing is life changing, first of all. Um, Especially because I always say like, if you can get recovery in and go where you're going for like a massage or something like that. And some people are like, I don't have the time for that. And I'm like, well, do you have a partner? Maybe you guys can do like 15 minutes on one person, 15 minutes on the other, you know, whatever works, just finding ways to like really, really make sure you're like decompressing the tissues. But with this, this massage gun, it's perfect because you can take the the head off and change the setting depending on what you're trying to um, pinpoint. So for me, I find that my quads, my glutes and my IT band and even my traps, I have so much tension that I hold on to or I overwork them because I'm constantly working out. So with this, I just turn this bad boy on. I get right into that pressure point where I feel a knot or I feel stiffness. Cause I think that's another big misconception is people like once they start working out, my mom will be this example. <laughs> she was doing so good. She did like four days straight. And then she was just like, I'm just, I, I don't know what I did. I'm just in pain. And I was like, well, is it pain or are you sore? 
Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's a big thing that people are starting to have a little bit of savviness to is finding that gauge of if you're actually soreness, you probably need to stretch or you need to foam roll or take the massage. You need to release that lactic acid, right? Release, release that deep tension that is just like built up. So for her, I was like, you know what, maybe instead today, mom, you do like do a yoga flow, do something where you're going to also get the muscles activated, not in an intense way, but enough in a way that they're nice and warm and that you can really get deep into the stretch and you can breathe through the stretch and you can hold the stretch. I think that's another big thing too, when it comes to stretching and recovery, people like hold it for five seconds. They're like, okay, I'm good. Hold it for another five. (laughs) I'm like, no, I was like, you want to do it at least 30 seconds, at least maybe three times in a row. If you can, if you have Mm -hmm. the time, I know time is like the biggest thing of the essence, but the massage gun has been a life changer. Foam rolling is a huge thing. Even just love foam rolling the foam roller and breathing, (laughs) you know, just for our back, especially too. I think a big thing that everyone comes to me with is back pain, back pain or knee pain or hip pain. And it's just, again, establishing that they know that this is all interconnected. Um, so finding the moments where we can recover, you can stretch, you can mobilize, you can breathe deep. That's just going to help uh, your endurance and your longevity in, in, in for the long for the long haul in the long term. No, definitely. I'm a huge. I love foam rolling. And it's so funny, Amanda, that you brought that massage gun out because my husband has been begging us to get one. I think I think we're, we're going to pull the trigger at some point. Um, but we love it's foam so rolling. Worth it. <laughs> oh, I mean, everyone I talk to says it's the best. But I've noticed pregnant. Now, when I foam roll my glutes, it releases so much tension in my lower back. And wow. not that I, I actually have been fortunate not to have back pain, but I even just noticed my whole like lower back will crack, which is, you know, not normal anyways, but it just shows you how interconnected everything is, right? Like just foam rolling your glutes or your hamstrings, that's going to relieve pressure on your knees, right? That's going to leave relieve mm-hmm. pressure on your back. And it's something that when I work with clients and we're talking about what their fitness schedule is going to be, half of the time, the hardest thing to get into their schedules to make sure they're doing some type of active recovery or like foam rolling or just stretching. But I love your piece of, I always stretch just after a workout, but I love that you say like, just stretch that body part, like make it part of your workout. Cause I think like once, you know, I think a lot of people, once they're done their workout, they're like, Oh, do I really want to take the next five and 10 minutes to stretch? No, I just want to be done with my workout and move on with my day. But if you have it set up like that, it's just part of your workout. So I think that's such a good piece of advice. I mean, it's a good piece of advice for myself that I will be taking. (laughs) Um, and then that way too, you're just making sure you're hitting all the body parts that you used during your workout. Because sometimes at the end, right too, we can just do the same exact stretches, but it's actually not serving what muscles we worked that day. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big thing too. Like you're talking about do it in the moment and build it in. So it's a part of the process. Yeah, exactly. Just to make our lives easier. Well, I'm curious, Amanda, outside of fitness, what are your just healthy lifestyle non-negotiables each day? Uh, That's good. That's a deep question because I feel like (laughs) through the pandemic, it's like I've had this whole new perspective Mm -hmm. on the daily routine and just finding ways to really maximize my daily routine. So I think a big thing for me is 
no phone in the morning <laughs> or yeah. no, no, like technology in the morning. So I try to just wake up and get out of bed right away. As soon as the alarm goes off, um, you know, go to the bathroom, do my thing, whatever it is. I'm not a coffee person. So that's not, I know everyone's like, first thing is coffee. <laughs> Mine is like water and lemon every single morning. That is like my go-to. Cause I just feel like it's such an easy thing that has so much holistic power when it comes to like setting yourself up through for success through the day. And also because a lot of what I do involves talking, I feel like my vocal cords and my hydration levels are constantly getting depleted. So I think that that's a go-to water and lemon first thing in the morning, taking time. If I can, I usually, I have been, I've recently moved near the beach. So that's been like my morning routine going up to the boardwalk, going for, you know, depending on the day, a half hour or 45 minute walk just with me and my fiance. Some days he'll walk beside me. Some days I'll jog beside him. Like it just depends on how I'm feeling. Plus we're like in that wedding crunch. I'm like, all right, wedding, 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 you know, just trying to keep active. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So those are two big things, water in the morning, the movement factor, whatever that is, you know, for me, it could vary depending on the day. And then big thing for me is I always say that I work out for my fuel. Like I work out for my meals and I am a foodie. I love to eat. Everyone's like, Oh my God, you eat so much. And I'm like, that is a non-negotiable for me. Like I have to have constant snacks, three big meals throughout my entire day. And that's something I'm trying to work with my mom to get better at, especially because she's like going through menopause. And I'm like, you have to realize like not having that fuel is not serving your body serve your body, serving your metabolism. Yeah. Most people I find are under eating. Like when they come Mm -hmm. to me to work together, they're completely under eating and then their metabolism slowing down because of it. Right. And it's not going to get you one to the goals you want to reach, but two, it's just not healthy for your body and it's not going to have you feeling good and energized throughout the day. So I'm curious, Amanda, what's, what's like a typical you know, because I, I, I love a foodie. So I'm just like, what's oh, a typical yes. eating day for you? Yeah. Typical eating day. Uh, definitely first thing in the morning, I'm like, I want like two eggs, um, a nice side of veggies. I usually do like a spinach with tomatoes, maybe mushrooms, and then I'll throw in like potatoes or a hash brown or something like that. So that's usually like my go-to breakfast. And then between breakfast and lunch, definitely some sort of snacks, whether it's just like a breakfast bar usually lean into fruit a lot. So bananas, yeah. apples, strawberries, some kind of mixed berries. Um, some, and sometimes maybe with like a yogurt or I'll do fruit with nuts. That's usually like a go-to of mine. And then when it comes to lunch, lunch is always interesting. Cause we're like me and my fiance are big, like leftovers people. So if there's like leftovers yeah. from dinner, a lot of the time that's usually like, like a Mexican style, like rice bowl with lots of veggies. Um, and then I'm pescatarian. So I do kind of lean into more, I would say more of like a Mediterranean style approach to like how I like to feel my body. So I do a lot of beans, legumes, um, fish obviously for protein. And then it's either usually like a rice bowl type of situation or salad where I'll do just like, and salads. I know everyone's like, Oh my God, salad again. And it's like, you got to keep your salads fun. You got to switch it up. There's so many vegetables out there (laughs) that you can do, you know? So I try. Yeah. Yes. And that's a small thing that can completely change the flavor factor of what you're eating. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's a big thing. I try to switch them up. Mm -hmm. And what about Amanda, when you, how does, how does your eating change if you're teaching that day or doing like a more intense workout? Does it change? 
Uh, it will pro- it probably just adjusts. I definitely yeah. um, probably go a little lighter. Like I'll probably do more of like a shake in the morning versus like that heavy breakfast. That heavy breakfast more is like my my weekend or like a light morning day where I'm not yeah. having a lot of movement. <laughs> um, but yeah, if it's like in a day where I'm teaching or I have like a lot of movement going, I'll definitely do like a shake that's loaded with what, whether it's like berries, veggies, coconut water, a little bit of protein powder, um, some collagen, just kind of throw that all together, chia seeds, flax seeds. Um, and then when it comes to post workout. That's when I really like get down to business. Oh yeah. And you should, and you should for recovery. So many people don't even add in carbs post-workout and it's like, Hey, your muscles need those carbs, not only to refuel, but to build more muscle, like you can't Mm -hmm. build more muscle. The protein needs a carbohydrate. So that's something I always try and stress. So I'm glad you say that's like, that's the meal where you get down with it. (laughs) That's probably yeah, like a sandwich or a veggie burger or falafel. And I need the pita, not like a falafel. Uh (laughs) And that's the biggest thing too. I realized, I have realized even just going through the nutrition school with the nutritious life is just seeing how like the skeptic is like the skeptics that are around carbs. And I'm like, but if you're really, really going through a lot of movement, you need that, like you're saying. And, um, I think too, just like, I don't know if it's just like the nineties and early two thousands, that concept of like the no carb diets and staying away from carbs. I've noticed even like with my mom and my sister-in-law, they've done big transformations and they're just kind of like relearning their relationship with food, I guess, in a sense where my mom, you know, especially if my mom's working out, I'm like, mom, yeah, no wonder you're going to be ravenous. And she's like, I know, but I I don't eat that much. And I'm like, that's okay. But that's when we start to talk about like the hunger cues, like eat until you're full. You don't have to eat until you're stuffed, you know, kind of have that. Uh, But I think like you, like we were saying, it's just like a lot of people learning their personal relationship with food and realizing that it's something that's going to help you and not hurt you (laughs) as long as you're, you know, sticking to something that works or finding what works for you. Cause it's definitely different for everyone. Like I'm super active. I remember when I was on the nets, I would literally like, we would have court rehearsal. We'd have to be there. If it was like a seven o'clock game, we'd have to be there at three o'clock for court rehearsal, rehearse for an hour. And then, you know, we would go off and eat and I would go to the concession stands and literally I would get like two meals after court rehearsal, (laughs) chow down on them, had like an hour to hang out before we had to start, you know, doing all of our stuff for the game. But those were moments where I was like, I needed that meal or I would never make it through a post-court rehearsal and then B through the actual game. Cause who knows like how long those could be. Um, and by the time I got home at night, it was probably 11 o'clock and I'm like done, go to bed, wash my face and like not trying to sit there and cook a big meal, you know? So it's just like knowing your food timing too. So, yeah, no. And that's what, I mean, food timing is huge and it's actually, you know, when people have like, yes, you can overeat carbohydrates, right? If you overeat carbohydrates, they will be sort of fat in your body and it can happen, but it's more about knowing when is the ideal time to have in those higher carb foods you love or just to fuel your body. Right. So post-workouts, one great time pre-workout, as long as you're not having something too heavy, but right. Like a smoothie or something where it's loaded with carbs, like fruit, that's not Mm going to weigh you down during, you know, exercise or workout. And then post-workout is really where your muscles need that refuel. So timing is huge with just knowing kind of what to eat when, um, so we'd love Amanda to wrap up every episode with a little rapid fire Q and a. So first thing that comes to mind, um, which we kind of touched on this one, but 
I'm curious if you have a, a different answer, but what is your favorite de-stressing practice or support tool? Uh, bike riding. Oh, I love that. Just like a casual leisurely bike ride. Yeah. Now that I live near the beach, it's just like I cruise around, smell the ocean, you know, it's just like, it's like the ambiance for me. I love being outdoors. I always grew up camping, hiking, all that stuff. So kind of brings me back to like that child. I feel like the child in me comes out when I go for a bike ride. Yeah, no, I love that. Okay. So my next one is, but we're going to adjust it. It's usually coffee or tea, but you already said you're not a coffee (laughs) person. What is just like, besides water, what is your beverage of choice? (laughs) <laughs> this is a tough one. Cause I'm only like wine or water. <laughs> okay. Wine. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> right. Like what? A yep. good glass of like red, oh, white, uh, rosé. My friends always make fun of me. They're like, you're a champagne camping kind of girl. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll go to like I the diviest, it. diviest bar and be like, do you have a glass of Prosecco? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so good. Um, and then this one's my favorite, but what is your favorite home cooked meal? favorite home cooked meal would doubt. Oh my God. My fiance is, I always call, I'm like, you're the pasta man. Like he comes up with these concoctions, but our go-to lately that I'm really obsessed with is homemade pesto gnocchis. Oh my God. Yeah. That yeah. sounds so like good. Mushrooms, cannelli beans, um, loaded up with veggies. And it's just like, we make the pesto fr- fresh with fresh basil secret oh to that God. throw in spinach. And you'll yield so much more when it comes to the pesto. Bulk it up with it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And I love spinach. That's like one of my go-to veggies that I'll probably eat a few times throughout the day um, in different ways. Uh, But yeah, that's like my go-to. I love pasta. I'm a pasta girl. Pizza and pasta. I'm Jersey. I can't help it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, it's so funny. When we're back on the East Coast now, we were living in California, back on the East Coast in like South Jersey, Philly area. Um, before he actually moved down to North Carolina and actually my husband said last night, he's like, when we're back on the East coast, I literally want pizza every day. I'm like, (laughs) I know because it wasn't so great on the West coast, you know, no offense to anyone out there, but East coast pizza, (laughs) it's like the best. (laughs) Yeah. I have no shame. I will admit I'm a pizza snob. I take my pizza very seriously. It's got to be well done. It's got to be crispy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Totally. Um, well, thank you so much, Amanda. This has been awesome. I'm so glad we could finally connect and hopefully we can connect again soon, even on here again. Um, but this has just been so great for our listeners. Yeah, Kate, it's been so good. I'm so happy that we finally got to connect. I can't wait to see how everything comes together and definitely would love to be back. You know, whatever kind of ways you guys are doing interviews or anything that progresses, I would love to be involved because I love stuff like this. Awesome. And can you just tell Amanda, like, where can people connect with you, find you? Where where can they take your classes online? Yeah, definitely. So I definitely encourage people connect with me on Instagram. Um, That's like the strongest platform that I'm good at. Uh, they can find me on Instagram at the Amanda Robinson. Um, and then from there I have all of my stuff linked in my bio. So if anyone ever wanted to reach out, my email's right in there. And if you're looking to take class with me, I have a bunch of videos up there on my IGTV. If you wanted to like get a taste, or if you actually wanted to get into some live classes, feel free to check me out on the platform at get the mirror, which has been such an amazing experience. And I'm, what do I teach on there? I teach bar cardio, cardio, dance, hip hop, strength training, boot camp, sculpt, and stretching. 
So there's oh a lot gosh. of variety to choose from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not a lot, Amanda. You're really not doing too much. <laughs> um, well, that sounds great. I know I've actually, I've been really tempted. Um, I've had a few clients get the mirror and love it. So I'm pretty tempted myself. So hopefully I'll see you on there as well, but thanks again. I can connect you if you're ever interested. Let me know. Oh, I will for sure. Um, and then hopefully we will be talking soon. That sounds great. Yeah, guys, it was awesome. Thank you so much. For the next two weeks, try out Amanda's strategy of scheduling your workouts into your calendar and make sure it's a mix of different movements to keep it interesting and use a variety of muscles. And remember, leaving yourself some rest days so this also allows you some flexibility to adjust your schedule. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. And remember, you can watch every episode of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. If you want to know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com, and we hope to answer your question on air. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.